This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Creature Feature, a new comedy and educational podcast from How Stuff Works, hosted by Katie Golden. Check it out on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Probably Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. I am Andy Wood. Matt is still traveling the world. I, I don't know what country he's going to send me an MP3 from next. I'm, I'm hoping Qatar. Cutter? How do you pronounce that country? Uh, Cotter. Cotter. Yeah, I I remember actually looking it up, and I was like, that's just so boring. Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. That is the voice of returning guest Henry Phillips, (laughs) and that laugh is that of returning guest Augie Smith. Thank you guys both for joining me for this Matless podcast. First of of mine in 2019. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Good to be here. Easy to say. How is everybody feeling about the start of this year? I feel great about it, but I always do seven days in. Sure. <laughs> it's about right now when it starts going down. Yeah, has it even been? Yeah, <laughs> this is the one week mark tonight, isn't it? I haven't kept any resolutions. I mean, I didn't really have, I guess, just get a job. That's not really a resolution. That's like a goal. You can't resolve that. <laughs> it's something I have to do yeah. to survive. <laughs> My resolution. Yeah. <laughs> you guys My res- it? Have, sh- have shelter over my head <laughs> yeah. and food in my belly this year. Yeah. There, there really is something psychological about the the turn of the new year, even though it's just a random concept. But it's like, it really does. Like my first week has been very productive, and I've you know started getting a little bit into better food eating and better better uh, physical exercise. I mean, what is it about that turnover? I guess it's because we all agree that 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 year ends and we can just put put it behind us. Well, that's, is it completely random? Did we just completely randomly decide that the year ends on December thirty first? I don't know the history of how we picked that day. But, I mean, it must be that it's close to the solstice, close to the low point of. But that's northern hemisphere centric. Also, but it wouldn't affect I, like why I can go on a diet. Like if if it right. were December second right. that we all agreed on, I could have done it then too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could have started a lot earlier. But it's something we should take advantage because for whatever reason, it does seem to work for me. You feel like a new slate, you know, clean slate. Yeah, we've all agreed on a thing together. It's like your birthday. You could make that your time, but then it's just going to be you and yeah. one 365th of the country mm-hmm. celebrating a new yeah. year. So. This day will all be better people. That, that this- is what we've all decided for one year. We're all going to be better people. Did you make any resolutions? Or? Uh, I, I, no, but uh, life is uh, difficult enough. And yeah. I, I disappoint myself. Every day, anyway. I, I like to think. I like to think that I let myself down at least once a day anyway. Why make that chasm between right. reality and Why expectation write it down? even bigger? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys, you guys haven't been tidying up with Marie Kondo? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, for, one I, thing really quick. This is, I have a bad uh, attention span, but did you introduce Augie and I missed it? Or I remember you introduced me. I did. I okay, said, the great. laugh came from yeah. Augie Smith. I just wanted to make sure. See, I my, I literally just blacked out during that moment. When <laughs> I you do said too, that. a lot of times. <laughs> it's... You heard your name and you just like, oh man, okay, it's over now. You didn't hear it through, these, me. through these crystal the clear noise bows? Ca- it canceled, canceled the noise. Bose headphones? Wait, so Marie Kondo, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not to set you up, but we were talking about this before yeah. we started recording. I just started watching it last night. I can't I, believe I, it's And now I've never seen, I had never seen the show until you showed it to me. It looks like uh, a cross between Vicky from Small Wonder and some kind of anime fever dream. Mm-hmm. It, it seems, it seems problematic. There's this <laughs> Japanese lady who doesn't speak English who wants you to, wants things to spark joy and she just thinks everything's magical and she wants to sit down on your living room floor and pray to your house before she starts 
helping you throw away. Really? Your I didn't know it was spiritual of, also, right? It's, but it's fake spiritual. It's yeah. like, but everyone's like, oh, this lady uh, is magical. So we should just follow right. what she, this must be their religion. Or Basically, what it she just like. had a hit book and then they have to come up with some content yeah. for a right. show. Yeah. Well, That's like she's got to find a place in the room that is the center of the energy of the room. It's so insane. Wow. And then she becomes one with the house and can decide the stuff that you're going to throw out. Because how would you know to throw out like an old high school yearbook unless some mystical Japanese lady found the spot in your house that knows it? Yeah. And she also said you can if you're having a if you're reaching like a, a wall with your tidying up, you can um, try to do things to change the air. Open a window. Uh, she hit a tuning fork. Okay. <laughs> or you can light some incense, which because she says smoke purifies the air. I'm like, no, it does the exact opposite. It does the exact opposite. What are you opposite. talking about? <laughs> yeah. No. Don't. Somebody with emphysema, you don't want to give them smoke. Air, it's, an air, it's an air purifier. It's just a yeah. burning log in their living room. Yeah. Well, I'm cleaning out my closet. I'm not electing a pope. I remember uh, her book was a big hit, and I read excerpts of it. I was uh, subscribed to a newsletter that was giving excerpts of the book. And, and I have always liked those types of books. Like, I take them with a grain of salt, like self-improvement type things. I, I remember reading one back in the 90s early 90s called getting things done and it was just super easy and it really did help me it was amazing it was just like you know you know get up in the morning and just start doing it (laughs) it was basically that and so it's like if her thing is tidying up then that's cool um I i have friends who commented on my mockery of it online who were like yeah it's ridiculous we watched five episodes but then we got up and cleaned our house yeah (laughs) you know if it works it works so well what i was laughing at is i was on twitter yesterday i think and i noticed that there was this big backlash against her which i think is hilarious because that's the only way twitter knows how to respond to anything but um she i guess at one point said you're supposed to throw away your books she's like say all your books right i i can't say what she said but whatever the hell (laughs) comment she made just inflamed people oh don't you tell me to throw away my books books are supposed to make you uncomfortable Un- discomfort is what changes society you crazy bitch fuck you you know it was like whoa yeah, whoa your up. reaction is way what? too much what? for whatever she must have said <laughs> They're probably, coming for our books now. It's like, did you hear? <laughs> I'm you sorry. You want us to throw away all of our books. I'm sorry, my copy of Manufacturing Consent doesn't spark joy when you touch it, manic pixie lady. But I know. It's important. <laughs> yeah. And then you try to say, well, no, that's not what she said. Don't tell me what she said and what she didn't. I will use your own words. She said. Well, that's. Don't tell me what she said. Then that's then you're upset about literally nothing. Uh, I had I, a guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, so I I just did some. Stu- the reason I don't tweet is because I cannot stand the responses yeah, anymore. They're just a, too upsetting. Oh, and yeah. I had a very simple tweet. Me and the family, we will go to J C Petty to take uh, family photos. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're and they somebody got fired like that morning. So they're, they're way behind. So you got to sit there for like an hour and a half and keeping two kids in a goddamn waiting room. It it doesn't make for good pictures afterwards. Yeah, It's mostly just like, it, it looks kids. like me just trying not to kill the cameraman. Uh, so I sent out some stupid tweet. It was like uh, uh, an hour and a half into the waiting room of the JCPenney photo studio. Uh, half of parenting is waiting to do stuff you didn't want to do in the first place. Something dumb like that. Of course, <laughs> response, all caps, wrong! <laughs> Starts with wrong! <laughs> 
Wait, the internet has opinions on parenting? The Hold internet on a has second. A, and apparently, and then this, this was all caps again, so I don't know if he was yelling while he was typing it, I have to assume. She might have just, just been an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to do all caps, too. He starts with wrong, and then he says, No! Being a man is doing stuff you don't want to do all the time. <laughs> and I said, what? Yeah, that's exactly what I just what? said. Yeah. I don't think you know what wrong means. Yeah. <laughs> you can't start with wrong and then agree with everything yeah, you just yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, what was it's the confusing. difference between the phrasing? You said parenting is that? And he said no being yeah, a man no, is that? Being a man, yeah, it's like, oh, I, it, like it, I, I don't know. I don't can, know. You, can you describe the one with the Facebook comment that you made about Alex Jones and the weather machine? If you don't remember, I'll I'll jump yeah, in because yeah. it's one of my favorite internet moments ever. Uh, I, I I don't know if I remember the right part of it, but uh, I, I post. I, I, no, you better tell it because I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss some keys. Well, Alex Jones was telling people this is before we all <laughs> had exhaustively heard everything there was to know about Alex Jones. But yeah. I mean, to me, he was kind of a newish name. But uh, he said so. Augie's post was. Uh, this guy Alex Jones is telling his followers that um, or his listeners that uh, there was Obama a- is using a weather machine to control the weather at the voting polls uh, to keep people voting Democratic or something Amazing. like that. And his uh, listeners believe him. So there you have it. I'm paraphrasing Augie. There you have it. Officially in America, there's literally nothing that you can say that's so crazy that you're your followers won't believe you anymore. It's very ahead of your time because we've known that like ad nauseum at this point. But there was a guy who commented underneath who said, Obama having a weather machine and controlling the weather isn't the weirdest thing I can think of. (laughs) And then Augie's response was all caps, I believe. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Obama controlling the weather is the weirdest thing you can possibly think of, you crazy idiot. Yeah, it's literally by like, definition the craziest thing. Things. No, you've never heard <laughs> no, of anything. Nothing's weirder than, than the president ever been weirder with his than weather that. machine. It, it's the oddest thing in the history of history. Living inside a hollowed-out volcano. <laughs> yeah, maybe Scientology is a little weirder, but not that much. Is is the fact that the last two Golden Globes for comedy have gone to The Martian and Green Book weirder? <laughs> Timely reference. Oh, this The Martian. Thing, Wait, The Martian won for best comedy. Oh no, yeah, was The Martian thing. was last year, right? And then The Green Book, which I haven't seen. Some people said it has some laughs. But, yeah, you the, know, I think it's a heavy topic to be in the comedy or musical category. Right. Yeah, The Martian was just that was the end of the Golden Globes, right? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> or the end of the comedy. You're not a comedy. Thing. I watched the movie. It's not a comedy. It's not anything that we would have ever said was no. a comedy movie, and it won oh, best comedy. And right. apparently, it was because the studios just sort of fudged it so that they entered it as a comedy. Just make it a musical. Yeah, a musical. And, and then... And, it, and, it has a score. It has a score. And destroyed all the other movies that were actually comedies that, you know, it's like, well, of course we can't compete, you know, with this movie, with yeah. the budget and all that. Yeah. We're not going to put Will Ferrell on Mars. Yeah. I mean, we don't get that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of, that would be funny. That kind of money goes to Harlan Williams, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't do a rocket man uh, too. So the Green Book. Wait, what is the Green Book again? Um, I think it's like a reverse driving Miss Daisy. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the Green Green Book I think was a black thing that determined where driver or no black the, black lady uh, Viggo Mortensen driving Mahershala Ali. Okay. and forging a friendship. I haven't seen it. Right. I just I, the previews don't make it seem like laugh a minute. Uh, you know, but it's about right now. Yeah. there are people going crazy when I hear people so. talking about like a movie or TV show they've never seen, and then 
theorizing what that movie or TV show is about. Right. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. So keeping that in mind, I haven't seen it either. But here's what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, this actually, he's like a piano player, and the other guy's his agent, right? I, or maybe and they driver. go from carnival to carnival, arm wrestling each other, and <laughs> then they like the he's trying he to tends win, to be weak and then to he win wins his custody of his son. Right. He turns his hat around backwards before he arm wrestles. Cause yeah. It makes him feel like a truck. That's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think is. that's exactly what it is. This is stealing a bit from a different podcast, but I kind of, I kind of want to do it anyway. Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen the movie Spies in Disguise, do me a favor right now and go look up Spies in Disguise trailer and watch the first fifty seconds, and then pause it and see if you can guess what happens in the rest of the trailer. I'm going to show you guys. This is Spies in Disguise. Will Smith. And if you're listening, just pause and then come back to this point after you've made your guess about what what the twist is at the 50 second mark he's going from super f- spy to what do you think the twist is going to be in this trailer this is will smith who's a secret agent who's All just right. battled a bunch of people Okay, he just jumped out of like a plane. Stand-up comedian? Now yeah. he's opening up his coat. Uh, I'm going to say that he becomes like a bat. Do you have any guesses, Henry? I don't know, a musician or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Could be anything. To super fly. Oh, he becomes a fly? Wait. It worked. Subject appears disoriented. Oh, Walter, what did you do? Pigeons are everywhere and nobody notices them. It's the most perfect form a spy could take. Unbird me right now. Stop, girl, seriously. Okay, Will Smith. A pigeon. Not, not becomes the- a pigeon. Look at you. I can't not look at you, Walter. I can see my butt and your face at the same time. Uh, yeah, people have been posting that online in that game, and no one has come close to predicting that they're going to get turned into pigeons. It's a game? No, I it's a movie. Oh, yeah. saying, like, the, I said I, I it turned into a bat. That's pretty close. That's but pretty I, close. I think I was supposed to pause it before he even does the. Uh, thing. If you if you had said if you had paused it like two seconds earlier, I would not have guessed bat. But you do see he goes from super spy, and you know, like so maybe super fly you could guess, but even that you wouldn't guess he gets turned into. Uh, I think credit goes to Sarah Morgan for uh, past guest of our show and writer for International Waters. I think that was a game they did on that that uh, Riley Silverman also posted online. Yeah. I love these high-concept kids kids movies. Wow, yes. yeah. Wait, so... I, but that guy... Um, is he sort of like the... What's the character in James Bond who always made the... Um, Q? Yeah, is, is that kid like the Q... It seems like the kid... Yeah, why does he know a kid? It seems like he knows the kid. I guess he knows the kid, but I don't know how the kid gets the ability to turn people into pigeons or why he trusts him. And, or why, I, I think I no it's idea. the neighbor kid. I think that that's the apartment building that uh, Will Smith lives in, and that's a neighbor kid, and his mom's always gone because she works a double at the hospital. Okay. And the kid's into science because mm-hmm. um, the last thing his dad gave him before he left oh. was an erector set. 
And so he's continued to get better and better at science and now can turn uh, men into pigeons. Does he also have a, a, is he a member of the Audubon Society? Does he have some kind of bird pedigree, the kid? Or what's his connection to pigeons? Well, I think the pigeon thing was because he found out that his neighbor, Will Smith, was a spy. Uh-huh. And so he was intrigued by that. And Will Smith had a moment where he thought, am I going to have to kill this kid? I might actually have to kill him uh-huh. for national security. Uh, but then decided I'm going to let him live because it seems like he can me- keep his mouth shut. And the kid now is invested in Will Smith's career because there's another guy that's been getting all the better spy work. And now Will Smith, like who used to be on top, he's sort of a Sheldon the Machine Levine character is what I imagine. <laughs> okay. And now there's a Ricky Roma that's a spy that's doing a lot better than him. So he needs an edge. He needs something. So the kid's been working on that and he decides to turn him into a pigeon. So maybe Will Smith goes to the kid to get help, not thinking the kid's going to turn him into a pigeon. The kid's, right. like, the kid's like, I got something that's going to help your right. career. And, and Will Smith's like, yeah, whatever, kid, do your do thing, you think. whatever, because he's on his way out the door. Suddenly he's a pigeon. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And this is all because it's better to be different than it is to be good. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you rather be a pigeon on earth or rule in hell? Hmm. I rule in hell. Yeah, right? I think we'd all rule. In yeah, hell, right? I think that's an obvious yeah, one. <laughs> is that like one of those? Uh, <laughs> no concept. Is that a classic? Would you rather be a servant or? in heaven or uh, rule in hell? Who it's doesn't from, say rule in I hell? I think that's from uh, Paradise Lost. Is I'd have so many more questions before I answered <laughs> that. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, How long like, is my reign? Like, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Contract. Do I have absolute power? Because I could turn hell into heaven if I just decided. Yeah, democracy. Yeah, I could be nice and be like, "Hey guys, it's kind of hot down here." But aside from that, I can make stuff better for everybody. It's- yeah, no, when you take the the Christianity out of those types of questions or the morality, you could say, um, in some cases, then it, they just sound like absurd questions. It's like, okay, you know, um, uh, <laughs> Paris Hilton wants to give you, uh, you know, a $10,000 guitar, but... You have to sleep with her. <laughs> uh, what's the situation here? Let's <laughs> twist. You have to have extramarital sex. But it's like you know, if <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Paris Hilton. Probably the reason I picked Paris Hilton is because she was probably the last reference that I have from back when I was single and you would think about people. Yeah. Wait, well, wait. she was always a good reference because people just naturally hated her. Yeah. Uh, but she was also considered to be very hot and yeah. thing. And, you know, I have nothing, I have no uh, dog in this fight, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but she was just never my thing. I th- uh, and yeah. I thought that show where her and uh, Nikki, Lionel Richie's daughter. Lionel Richie's daughter. Ritchie. Nicole Richie. Yeah. They went around and they talked to the regular people. Can you imagine? <laughs> It was crazy. Was that the two girls and they're going to a farm? That was like the second show they had together, right? Wasn't there another one before that was just kind of? Well, I think they solved crimes. Okay, of course. They actually (laughs) took on actual cold cases and uh, traveled around America, like to unsolved murders and stuff. They never caught anybody. Uh, the no. people they did catch it turned out to all be innocent, but <laughs> that's not a good track record. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. They were bad at it. it. Got good ratings though, so we got a second season. Okay. Well, the uh, the ruling in heaven or serving in hell thing reminds me of a story. If we want to get into some science stuff, yeah. sent to us by Michael Smout, who is helping us pull off the Australia tour. We're hoping we'll find out in the next few days if that's going to be uh, feasible, and if so, we're going to be cracking away on getting everything together because it'll it'll be happening in three weeks. So. Wow. Uh, we've kind of put ourselves in a, in a bind here, but I'm still hoping that it's going to all pan out. So uh, stay tuned for updates. Nice. I hope that, that happens.
But uh, Michael sent a story about how Rebel Honey. And will you guys pay for my flight if that? Of course. Yeah. I mean, actually, every past guest <laughs> You're bringing, of the show. Augie and I are already in. You wouldn't bring it up Sorry. in front of us if you were going to invite us. I mean, that, like, tell it, Why would Henry, you? I'm, I'm having this party. Um, I mean, you're not invited, but I just thought I'd tell you. I have Anyway, sorry. Uh, rebel honeybee workers lay eggs when their queen is away, which is sort of like serving in heaven but being a hellish. Uh, oh. Yeah. In a colony, rebel. rebel honeybees. In a colony of Europe, European honeybees, only the queen lays eggs that hatch into female workers who maintain the hive and nurse the young. But at times, a colony experiences periods of queenlessness uh, when the old queen has left and a new one isn't ready. Some of the queen's left behind worker daughters seize this chance to lay their own eggs and sometimes in an entirely new colony finds a study published uh, in Ecology and Evolution. The workers' opportunistic egg-laying behavior was discovered in 2012 by researchers led by evolutionary biologist Carolina Kuzweska of Jagiellonian University in Krakow, Portland. She sounds hot. <laughs> With no queen around to release chemicals that stunt workers' ovarian growth, these rebel workers can lay eggs. Since rebel workers do not mate as a queen bee would, they produce only sons that live only to mate. Okay. A departed queen's replacement comes from a group of daughters born to fight one another until one survivor becomes the new queen. There's no way. That's really the way they do it? That's what it says. That's awesome. A group of daughters born to fight until one survivor. And they just, never... they just fight each other till there's only one left? I guess Why so. isn't there a Will Smith movie about Thank this? Yeah. yeah, I get turned into a... a <laughs> this is real life. A... That's, how, that's how you join Joker's gang. That's crazy, yeah. Uh, so rebel workers also uh, are more adventurous than normal worker bees, the new study shows. When the research has tracked bees that were raised without queens, 21 to 39% of rebel workers flew to one of a dozen or other colonies one of dozens of other colonies compared with 3 to 8% of normal workers. So no surprise, these rebel workers were also more likely to infiltrate colonies that had no queen. Researchers suggest this might be a way for rebel workers to shift the burden of nursing their sons to another colony, a form of reproductive parasitism. When there's a queen present, the worker's best strategy is to work for the colony. When queenless, it can be better to try and parasitize other colonies, says Benjamin Oldroyd, an evolutionary biologist at University of Sydney. Oof. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I guess also picturing the, the daughters fighting to the death until one new queen emerges is pretty... The, uh, all you know. of this, like just the, the idea of these rebel bees, like, we ain't gonna live by your rules no more. <laughs> okay, this, this <laughs> the rebels. very problematic. Whatever that this voice the, was, I... <laughs> oh, your, I was confederate. Your honey of northern oppression. <laughs> okay, it's confederate. Okay, okay, okay. No, we're safe. That was, uh, that was like a foghorn leghorn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was, gonna, I was trying to go for uh, um, uh, confederate soldier. Yeah. John Wilkes. Booth. We all, yeah, we all yeah. know what Confederate yeah. soldiers not, not, like. not anybody problematic, yeah. but like John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> That's we've a monster all, of history. No, no, no. <laughs> we've all seen the historical reenactments that include George or uh, John Wilkes Booth. They all have the same accent. Sickle, <laughs> sickle, simple, simple yeah. tyrannous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I, if I yeah. may, I'm <laughs> yeah. a trained actor. It's always oh. that. Yeah, yeah. I declare a six simple tyrannous. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> And how about the fact that his brother apparently really was one of the best actors? Yeah, he's got a statue in uh, New York. Yeah. Right? In Gramercy Park. Yeah, but it's completely overshadowed by the fact that his brother... Well, God, you train for your life to be good at a thing. Well, there's a place called the Players Club that's a big uh, New York, um, you know club that like Jack Lemon and all these actors are involved in or whatever and they have a picture of John Wilkes Booth's brother yeah. on there. I don't know what James well, and, Wilkes Booth was. And their dad was like the greatest Shakespearean actor in England, right? 
Yeah. And they come over here, and then their brothers, like, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it, it'd didn't, be... Didn't, didn't Lincoln's son save John Wilkes Booth's brother's life? Have we, anybody ever heard this story this. from history? Somebody fell onto a train track, and he, like, pulled him off. Oh, I think like I that. remember hearing you about know this. this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm looking up... He has two, both of his brothers have Wikipedia entries, one of which is very extensive. I'm guessing Edwin Booth is the one who... Yeah, the, Edwin. He founded Booth's Theater in New York. I yep. never knew this. And then the other brother was Junius Brutus Booth Jr. They were really famous. It was kind of like if, like, if you found out like Brad Pitt's brother, like, not, but that, that's a bad example because he doesn't uh, have a famous brother. You know, probably the Baldwins, right? Yeah, there like you go. Alec Baldwin oh, okay. actually shot Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Bo Bridges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bo. Uh, Poor Bo. <laughs> Randy Quaid. Yeah, oh, Bo and Randy should it's have like a show the, together, shouldn't they? If the demented crazy brother. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> How did both of those guys... It's like they did the version of Twins with... The movie Twins with yeah, yeah. the Bridges and <laughs> yeah, the Quaids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dennis, that would be a good reality show, just paralleling the lives Bo of... Bo Bridges, by no means, is a, is a non... Uh, is a repulsive guy or anything? Well, no. It's just that his brother is so badass. You yeah, know? that's like it, just that's on the curse. every level. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, yeah. is Jeff Bridges the most beloved person in the world? Probably. He's got to be up for there. me. He has a Sam Elliott's in there. Yeah, I'll never We're forget. Can I share a moment? Of yes, really yes. quick. I did a show. It was one of those uh, shows that Augie and I used to do. We'd tour with the Bob and Tom show, and and it was like in Missouri or somewhere like that, and. I had one that wasn't very good. You know, I had a I had a bad set and I felt uncomfortable about it and everybody at at the end sell, sells their merchandise and people were just walking right past me. They were going up to Augie or uh Greg Hahn or Bob Zaney or other people, Drew Hastings or whatever, and they're getting their merch. People just kept on walking past me and not even making eye contact. And one guy came up to me who was a dead ringer for uh for Sam Elliott. And he just goes, uh you know what? Let me get let me get one of them CDs you got there. And then I was like, "All right, sure." And I gave him a CD, and he said, "How much?" And I said, uh, ten dollars." And he goes, "Here's 15." And then he leans in and he looks at me and he makes direct eye contact and he goes, "Don't change what you're doing. It's good." And then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Man, I felt better that night." Like I went out and normally what would what normally would have been uh, drinking the pain away was actually a celebratory drinking. Right. It was still a lot of drinking. But I was like, I think Sam Elliott just incarnated himself to make me feel better after a show. And I loved it. That's I had amazing. one uh, earlier this like last year. Um, I, I host a, a comedy contest every year. So I wanted to do a contest to remember what it's like. So there was this weekend contest in uh, Lake Tahoe. And it's just two nights, and I, Friday I do fine, and I make the finals, and then Saturday, it was just awful. There's four people on the bill, and I'm talking nothing, just nothing. I ended up going over, like, just because I didn't care anymore, <laughs> yeah. and I was so mad. And uh, so I'm standing back there, and it's just obviously, I'm by far the worst guy. And uh, this woman comes up and she says, don't you quit now. <laughs> You're not gonna die on my watch. <laughs> Don't quit. That's what? so great. I wasn't even thinking about it. You didn't even it. say you were no, gonna no. quit. I never said I That's was gonna just quit. The presumption. Wait. <laughs> it There's, was so bad. I have to leave the you. industry. Oh man. <laughs> it's like thank you, but no thanks. Don't go back to your room and kill yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> 
Well, do I don't know- want you sitting in your room, opening up your wrists, <laughs> thinking about that shit I just saw on stage. <laughs> just do not do that to yourself. Not- do you remember Chuck Bartell? Uh, really, really funny guy out of Minneapolis. And we were all sharing stories like this about, you know, just those moments when the audience says something. But a heckle is like, yeah, whatever. It's like, you suck. Hey, fuck you. You know, it's like, whatever. But mm. every now and then someone says something like that, like what you just brought up, that makes you feel even worse because it's coming from a place of honesty, right. you know. And it's like, but Chuck Bartell said he was up there and he's having a rough time, like eight minutes in or something like that. Hasn't had a laugh the whole time. And... uh <laughs> finally like referred to it for a second it's like you know okay yeah this i've had better sets than this one or whatever he said and like in the front there was a lady who was like a you know this is like in at the acme in minneapolis and it was like uh you know maybe uh midwestern grandma or mom you know 60s or whatever just said well it's hard <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you're up there on stage just struggling? Somebody's you, you put yourself down, and it's like, well, it's hard. It's okay. It's a very hard thing to do what you're trying to do up there. Well, I, I, I couldn't do it. I feel so bad. That's like, yeah, it is hard. Thanks for making me feel better. Uh, yeah. I'm not good at it, clearly. Oh <laughs> but it's okay because it's hard. Oh man. Yeah, it's like an accurate heckle is hard yeah. to come back from, or like a well-intentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well Like there, I was eating it one time on stage, and, and this woman just said, "Well, at least you're cute." And I, was like, <laughs> I, I can't come back to you're yeah. complimenting me, but like you're saying, "Wow, I'm not funny." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't. How do I continue the set after oh, that? Oh man! This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by the Creature Feature Podcast. It's a new comedic and educational podcast from How Stuff Works. I know it would be up your alley if you're listening to this show right now. It's hosted by Katie Golden, who's a former Crack.com writer who studied evolutionary biology at Harvard. And each episode, Katie brings a guest comedian on to go through some downright freaky evolutionary oddities. I was looking through some recent episodes, and uh, she has featured past Probably Science guests, including Eric Lampere, who was on her Worst at Sex Awards show, where they look at animal sex habits that are maybe weirder than humans. And I also saw that she had past guest of the show and a recent Jeopardy champion, Alex Schmidt on her Crim Animals episode that looks at fishy scams, kleptomaniac penguins, and what moral philosophy has to do with sex. I think it's a great listen. You guys would like it if you're listening to what we're doing right now. First of all, if she came up the word with Crim Animals. Crime Animal? That's, crime animal? I, that's outstanding. It's outstanding. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so she also asks comedians to shrink down and get inside the minds of animals to ask things like, what would it be like to be the brainwashed victim of a parasitic wasp or a penguin who turns to a life of crime? It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I guess that would be the aforementioned kleptomaniac penguin. So yeah, uh, that may be harder to admit. We will discover how eerily similar we are to our untamed animal cousins. This comes out every Wednesday. Katie brings you through these casts of freaky creatures telling tales of terror, love, trickery, predation, and death defying stunts. Get in touch with your wild side, listen and subscribe to Creature Feature on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you happen to find your podcasts. Also, I just Googled Ned Beatty and Warren Beatty because I thought that was another pair. I assumed <laughs> that, that was the ultimate of the Bow Bridges. You did not Bridges. think they were related, did you? I, thought, I assumed they were brother and sister. If if uh, 
who else did we just talk about? If Randy and Dennis can be yeah, brothers. That's true, that's true, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it never occurred to me that they would be related. I just assumed. I looked up Ned Beatty and Warren Beatty, and then the first thing that comes up on the internet is, is Ned Beatty and Warren Beatty related? <laughs> <laughs> that's what the question that wow. comes up. Well, someone, is? Yeah, is Ned Beatty and Warren Beatty related? Uh and, uh, so you're in the category of people that don't believe in subject verb agreement. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> this links to something on NNDB. What is that? It says, I guess Ned once joked that uh, Warren was his illegitimate uncle. But uh, no, they are not. Uh, uh, so you, today, they, you never thought they were for a second? I, I, until you said that. No, I, it is I think, never I think if you're older, you just never questioned it. It's probably one of those things where you just sort of like, you would have known the trivia of it yeah, by then. Like the show well, it's played. never occurred to me that Warren Beatty was his real name. Oh, that's but true. it's always it's never. But I've just always assumed Ned Beatty no, was his I, real name. I think Isn't you just weird? you just usually know who who in Celebrityville is brothers. Or if you don't, it's the names are <laughs> like when you first found out that uh, Shirley MacLaine was his sister. That's a trip. Was right? whose sister? Warren Beatty's. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Did you? Okay, know but that? okay, but that's today today marks the that. first day that I've ever known that Chris Wallace. Is the son of Mike Wallace? Of Mike Wallace, yeah. I did not know this. Chris Wallace yeah. had no idea, and I didn't know that Chris Pine's dad was a character actor in a oh, bunch from of Chips. stuff and in Chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Well, he was only in Chips. Oh, was oh, really? he? Yeah. Was he the the captain? He was the on captain. Chips? Yeah, yeah. I see that guy every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. He, he lives he in the valley. Like I've Chris seen him Pine. before too. Yeah. he's got long white hair now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a nice looking uh, older gentleman. Yeah, the, the, the valley the valley celebs are the best. Like when you see Vic Damone from Fast Times, ah, it's uh, best. out and about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Richard, man, it's the Richard, best. Uh, not Romulus, something like that. Vic's name. I forgot his actual name. He's got a he's got a signed uh, headshot up at my car wash place. Nice. <laughs> I saw Bacula once. Well, I think we were at brunch together. I saw, right? cool. I saw Bacula. Oh, maybe so. Isn't he's Is Bacula tiny. just everywhere? He's tiny. Yeah, and I didn't expect it. I expected him to be regular size. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like. Like that guy's older than us. Oh I yeah, mean, for that sure. Guy, for sure. And he still looks great. And so I think to look good on camera at a certain age, you just have to be real thin. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Did you walk up to him and say, "Well, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard." <laughs> what is? What, you don't you, need. You don't need to be just, any bigger. Yeah, You're the hard. perfect size. It's, yeah. it's hard. Don't let anybody. It's hard to keep tell yourself you that together. You're small. You're not um, small. I have another story for you, gentlemen, if you'd like. Let's hear it. Uh, this is this is more of a. Uh, commentary on how science should be interacting with the world and whether there's a place for comedy and politics in real science. So I just found out that there was a scientific journal that had an illustration of a piece of gorilla poo or dung, maybe you'd call it. And uh, if you zoomed way in on it, you'd find a depiction of Donald Trump's face in the poo. Okay. 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 So the internet found this. And this was not found in the wild. They made this. Or it just happened. It's it's obviously with intent. Here's a zoomed in picture. And you can go to probablyscience.com right. to see gotcha. this article. Uh, that's clearly Donald Trump's face in this illustration of uh, a dookie, a turd. And um, so scientific reports issued a correction after this was pointed out, <laughs> noting that there were, quote, unusual aspects to the fecal illustration and uh, that's all they said. They it made them think it was doctored. Address, I think it might have been doctored, but it's a strange thing. So yeah, they. Um, I have un- unusual aspects to my fecal matter yeah. too. I should say. So other other scientists and science reporters are saying they owe the public more of an explanation as to how it got there in the first place. No, they. It's, how is it not obvious how it got there? Well, I mean that raises the question: uh, Is this? Is it ever okay to include? And also, you had to zoom in so far. I'll show you the original picture to find this. Someone would have had to have downloaded it 
a PDF, not a JPEG, and then right. zoomed way, wow. way in. So it's a joke that was hidden, and in a it was published in the journal Scientific Reports, and it took the internet by storm after the problematic poo was shared on a Facebook group. <laughs> problematic poo. Yeah. So the journal updated the paper with the editor's note, and now you can see the new drawing of the poo has no uh, president faces in it. But neither the journal nor the paper's authors responded uh, to requests for comment. This so is amazing. Ivan Oronsky, co-founder of Retraction Watch, a website that tracks changes Retraction in science literature. Retraction Watch. They track changes in science literature. Science is an evolving uh, field. Obviously, okay. it's all based on self-correction. And when, right, when you get new right. data, you update what you thought of the world. Um, they've been covering this unusual saga. And uh, part of this conversation is in this article that was sent in by, I believe this was Eric Boisfort or Boisvert. We haven't figured out if it's French. Um, so... This CBC article asked, uh, does this correction bring us any closer to understanding how or why the U.S. president's face ended up in a cartoon of baboon poop? Unfortunately, it is not because no one's really talking about what happened or didn't happen, which is, uh, I would say, par for the course when something goes wrong in science. And they asked, uh, why do you think they're being so quiet about it? Uh, he answered, I hate to read people's minds, of course, but it's consistent with how journals tend not to like to talk about their dirty laundry. In the case of this particular dirty laundry, so to speak, you're dealing with a person or president at the moment who obviously has a tendency to blow things out of proportion, to jump up and down and tweet. So frankly, I can understand why they wouldn't make a huge deal out of it. But if you're going to make a correction in scientific literature for whatever reason, there should probably be some sort of explanation, not just calling it unusual, which is quite a euphemism. And I'll show you the, uh, here's the size of the original illustration. So that piece of poo, you'd have to zoom in so far to find. Right. So there yeah. was somebody was like, I need to see that poo. Yeah. I got to see that poo bigger. But it was probably an inside job. Wouldn't it be so the the oddest explanation I think for how that ended up in a scientific journal is if God put it there? Right, could be. What if God put it on the poo to warn us about Donald Trump? If there were a God, he would hate scientific journals. I think. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Does it does it look worse on? I mean, obviously, it looks worse on the journal than on on the president. Like no one's like, oh, burn. It's like no. It's like oh, you're setting the public's trust in science back. Yeah, yeah. People, that's my problem with all those things. People think there's the ivory tower thing and a liberal bent to all right. science and they're anti-Trump and, and anti And this is all they need, yeah. Yeah, it's not helping the cause at all. So Meanwhile, like, Nixon, if he were alive, is like, oh, thank... I mean, like, he probably saw a lot of awful political cartoons, <laughs> but he didn't live during <laughs> the internet age. put me on monkey shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is, uh... <laughs> I think that the scientific journal, uh, what's it? What is it called? Scientific. It's called journal? scientific reports. Scientific no, reports uh, should come yeah, out and say, "Well, no, that's accurate." Donald Trump's face shows up on all baboon poop. <laughs> it is. Possible everybody knows this. Could have happened randomly, but um, <laughs> and anybody that tells you different is lying to you. And it's 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 just juvenile, and it sucks to be coming out of a prestigious journal. And you, you know, you hope this doesn't. Yeah, it, it gives to, ammunition, you yes. know, to the other side. I, I've, I've always, I hate it when, uh, when people use the same tactics, you know, for whatever. I mean, I just probably revealed which side I'm, I'm well, on <laughs> by saying the other side. But yeah, I mean, and to, to hide it, it's a weird, like it's a joke you don't want anybody to see. And then some people are calling it an Easter egg, which I guess it kind of is. But then they'll know someone's going to see it eventually. Yeah. Or if they won't, whoever made that is going to be disappointed if no one sees it. Yeah. Right? So then it comes right. out and they have to change it yeah. and apologize but not address what happened. And now the idea is so subconsciously now every time you see Donald Trump you think of baboon poo. Is right. the idea. That's what he's trying, the obviously trying to do. Yeah, I don't think Or it's probably... just a dumb joke that he thought nobody would ever see. 
Okay, he's is like, it, is it who's worth, going to expand? What's the fun of making up? a joke that no one's ever going to see? It's, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just love throwing your I best I used to know this guy in high school, and he would call up, and he would make, like, these gigantic food orders to restaurants. Uh-huh. As a prank, and that was but then it. he wouldn't go to the restaurant, <laughs> so they just made a bunch of. Food. So just <laughs> he was just content that. in his knowledge that just, that happened. Yeah, just knowing. Wow, that that See, I, I'm with Andy on this. I I don't know if it's worth it to not see it. It's like you need that payoff. So that illustrator must have been a little excited when it went up, it took off, it went viral. But don't you think the illustrator would have like would have been the one who leaked it? I really don't know. I don't know. I can't, you can't find the original now, so I can't see how much zooming you'd have to do or if you were just looking at a big screen, if you'd already kind of see. One more theory on this. What if Donald Trump is the secret illustrator of it and he was signing his work because he puts his face on everything that he does? That's true. Because secretly he's a genius and every night he's at home like illustrating things and writing scientific journals. You believe in that three-dimensional chess theory of what Mm -hmm. he's doing? Yes. don't even know what kind of planes he's working on. It's the only thing that keeps him rational these days. There's it's, a method to all yeah, of his bullshit. It's yeah. called the the being there theory. Yeah. <laughs> Chauncey Gardner theory. Yeah, that's what that's what um, John Lovett on Positive America keeps saying he is. It's just Chauncey Gardner. Yeah, yeah. no, it, yeah. I, there's everything to me. It's just it's all very surface value stuff. It's like I've known people that are exactly like him. You know, you just stumbled yeah. your way into. Uh, I've never yeah, voted for him. Just like wow, <laughs> you know, it's a lot like that uh, invention of lying movie. I never saw that. Is it good? I never saw it either, but I just I knew the premise of it. Yeah. And and people have described the premise of it, but it's like that's all it is. It's like nobody's really brazenly just flat out lied on such a public level. Right. So many times like on Twitter that people don't know what to do with it. They're just like, "Well, it it's got to be true. Why would he lie about something like that?" Yeah. And you can't like it's no longer an actual tactic to point out that something isn't true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like <laughs> he's taken that away from us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, that's a lie. Yeah. Yeah, and there's all these people. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Hey, I want to make it a little bit um it, this might this might be uh beneath your listeners out Nothing. there but I, I saw I this did a story about a picture of the president and a, <laughs> good and point good point no but this is a this was on twitter today so uh but i thought it was really cool but uh that an 18 inch pizza is more pizza than two 12 inch medium pizzas that makes sense to me and it's got the math here here i'll just show you the math that's that's the thing about so is, when they say Dimensions. 18 inches, is that 18 inches across? Or 18 See, I, I, inches that would have been completely Diameter. counterintuitive to me. I would have gotten the two mediums thinking that that's more. Yeah, but when you see them next to each other, you really can kind of picture how that area hmm. is. It's uh, it's kind of like how you, know, how, how you don't have a good intuition for how much things in three dimensions scale by when you yeah. go up in one dimension but increase all of them that same amount. Like it's going to go by the cube of that. And oh, so you think it's because of the um, the height well, just the fact that, like, as you increase, uh, it goes with the square of the diameter. Yeah. It's proportional to the square of it, not to the diameter itself. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's not like it's two thirds bigger. It's uh... similar to how they say that uh, skinny French fries are worse for you than big steak fries because the ratio of fried uh, right, the, the, the surface the area skin of yeah. the French fry is the worst part. Yeah. So, like, if you just had one big potato that right. was covered with whatever the fry goo is. It's just is. one fry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be fine. But all those little ones, you're basically just eating oil, you know. Yeah. Interesting. It's so good. Though. That makes sense. Shoestring versus steak. This is how people used to scam people back in the day. 
come yeah, up the, with those things. I think those pizza, the prices usually reflect that. Like sometimes I'm looking at a giant uh, pizza price and I'm like, that shouldn't be, uh, well, actually area-wise it probably is what it should be. I, f- I feel like part part of what people brought up is that the two mediums is usually more expensive than getting the one large because the public perception is the two mediums would be more pizza. Yeah. Well, but you're going to separate work for each one of the pizzas. True, it be true. More yeah, of course. Makes sense. It would be sense. more work to make oh, two smaller which pizzas. Which reminds me, this is kind of a funny little tidbit. My, my cousin, who's from Canada, and uh, this is like 25 years ago, came down to visit and... Uh, you know, it was just generally, uh, I'm not trying to bring up, uh, you know, country rivalry or anything, but he, he was just, as anybody is, when they go to another country, they're always sort of like disappointed by things that aren't the way that they are in this country. But this was the most shining example. We went to this frozen yogurt place and he was like, yeah, I'll have the, uh, you know, you know, scoop of vanilla, uh, yogurt with the, the fudge brownie and the, uh, the cherry and then the nuts and then the person keeps on adding up all these things okay and you want the nuts all right that's 80 cents and then you want the cherry and then the whipped cream or whatever blah 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 okay that'll be uh seven dollars and fifty cents or something and i said i just saw some picture of something and i was like oh yeah i'll have the the rudy tootie fresh and fruity or whatever the guy's like all right that's 450 and then we go sit down and he and i are literally eating the exact same thing <laughs> But he just ordered it with like, and he was so pissed. It was just like capitalism is the worst. It's like we're literally eating the exact same thing and he paid $3 more of it because of the method in which he asked for it. That's Which was not longer fair. and more complicated. <laughs> this is why we need to automate all those chops. That computer exactly. would realize instantly. Like, you oh, yeah. just created what what Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nowadays they're smart enough so that the waiter will be like, you know, you could just get the Rudy Tootie fresh and pretty, but back then... Back then, it was just screw over the Canadians. That's <laughs> we all they just, wanted yeah. to do. We were just all cavemen just make at that fun point. of them. <laughs> Have you guys ever worked in the service industry? Yeah, I was a busboy at an Italian restaurant. Do that, you guys Mom do? and pop, and they, they would like hit me with a loaf of bread when no, I'd do something wrong. Really? Oh, for real. <laughs> Lovingly? It had to be like a health... There was a lady in the back who didn't speak a word of English, and I was told, you know, that there was literally Flo was the name of the waitress, and she would be like, you know, get some more bread. And so I'd go in the back to get bread, and there was a lady, a diminutive uh, elderly uh, lady who was Italian, who would beat me on the head with the bread, and I never knew what she was so upset. I must have been doing something wrong. What's the matter you? I know. I, I think I was getting it from... The wrong bin, like I was supposed to be getting it from the one from the. I was getting it from the fresh one. I should have gotten it from the one that was already there. But either way, every time I went back there, I was terrified because I'm like, she's gonna beat me with bread. <laughs> I can't not see this as Pixar animation. Like I can't oh, see man. this. Oh man, it was so funny, see. so funny. It, and it was only it was like Mr. Snuffleupagus, where I was the only one who knew about it. Like every time I'd say, yeah, that lady keeps beating me in the head. What lady? What are you, what are you talking, talking about? about? Oh, she's- Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those, made soup when I was sick. It looked like, like I was making it up. Police enhanced interrogation techniques. So they put like a phone book against your head, then hit it with a hammer so it doesn't leave bruises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't prove she's it's bread. There's no evidence. There's no forensics I, yeah. for that. I used yeah. to work as a bar back, and it's uh, it's the worst job in the world because you're behind the bar, but you can't give anybody a drink. Oh, oh God, that's got to suck. And constantly pissed at you. It's like, yeah, can I just get a beer? It's like, All right, yeah, you would I don't think have I the could. power. You would think I could give you a beer, wouldn't you? You didn't pull the, like, uh, I don't speak uh, 
no, no speak. Me no speak. I was too young to understand something like yeah. that. Man, that's they, so funny though, because like, na- I I have been going to bars enough so that now I can always tell, and I can't tell you why I can tell. Right? Is it because the one has an apron and the other one doesn't? The bar back, I, I see it now all the time. They keep their eyes down. Yeah, they, they yeah, will yeah. not make not eye contact make... with you. Yeah, because they know what you're gonna say, <laughs> and it and it like and guys would get pissed. They'd like ask for a drink, and I'm like, I can't do that. Oh, what am I too drunk? Oh, it's like God. no, I don't. No, yeah, I there's just, a license you have to. What have, are you underage? <laughs> no, I'm even old enough. Do you not work here? If we were at my now? house, I yeah, could totally like, give look, you one. I know it's stupid. <laughs> okay, I wash glasses. <laughs> It'd be great if you just played it up and just like just to piss people yeah. off. He's, How you doing there? Uh, so what are you guys drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, just a couple of Miller Lights. Oh, All right, well, Miller Lights are great. Yeah, it's bartender's going to be over here soon, <laughs> shortly, guys. Hang tight. <laughs> He's been conducting some research. I just wanted to get some more data points. We'll yeah, yeah. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Think you're interested in any food? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Man, meatballs. that would be... Ooh, if sure. only. Sounds if delicious. Only. Anyway, let me yeah. know how that goes for you. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be here. He's just going to go through all the other people at the bar, and then and he'll I'm get just to sitting you. there reading a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do a little passive-aggressive things like that. This is one that I've done. I don't do it any, anymore because it went so bad the last time, but... If I get on the plane, what I would do is, if I was in the middle seat, I'd go straight back to go to the bathroom before the plane takes off, so mm-hmm. it's not something I have to worry about when mm-hmm. we're in the air. Why don't you just and t- the, t- take a leak inside the airport before? Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I probably did that, too. I have a very uh, narrow urethra. Okay. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> so, anyway... Um, so I'd wait for everybody to be seated, and then I would go up and grab my middle seat. But it was like on a completely full flight, there'd be that. I'm sure they, the people in my row had that eye contact with each other like, hey, looks oh, we like uh, yeah, we got lucky. Right. There's nobody here. And then I'd come up, hi, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy in the middle. And they're like, ah, shit. <laughs> but the last time I did it, yeah, there was like a married couple that uh, had put all of their stuff in that middle seat, and they were so excited. And because um, it must have been that they had the aisle in the middle, mm-hmm. or, or how did that work? No, they were they were on either side. I don't know why, but no. I was in the I was in between. That's them. an asshole move. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so or maybe they switched with somebody else, or who knows what happened. But uh, I went up there and I, hey, how's it going? I'm I'm in the middle there. The guy got so pissed. What? No. And I'm just, yeah, sorry, that's my seat. Ah, honey, god damn it, we can't do it now. We can't. He was so pissed. We can't do it. What, what was the plan? He was just like, sir, you didn't We were going to take seat. the plane by force, but no, not if you're sitting here. Guess that ain't going to happen. I do say 90% of hijackings are impromptu based on yeah, seat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. We can't do it now. <laughs> I yeah, I guess we he were going to reconcile. I think he meant uh, all of, put all their stuff in the. Yeah. Um, well, just move over to the middle seat anyway and sit next to your wife, you asshole. Yeah, this what I was, the fuck. I it, it's sitting, like I got to travel with. Like I used to hate people that travel with kids, and I had I had bits about it and everything. And now I find myself as the guy traveling with kids. But sometimes you'll see like a family where the one won't even sit, like the guy. He'll leave the wife with like a kid or two, and he's like several rows away. Theory. And I'm like, hey, asshole, 
Yeah. You, you, somebody will switch with you. They'll yeah. always switch with you. What? Are you, when, why did you book it that way? Can I give a theory? Yes. I, okay, my cousins, their parents, my aunt and uncle, used to travel separately on trips so that the, there could never be one plane that would crash that would leave their kids as orphans. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, well, now that's in my head. That makes sense. Uh, so maybe he was like the, the fuselage splits in half. Right. And maybe like I'm on the surviving <laughs> right, half. And right. she, or, oh, so long as I plan. live is what really matters. Oh, yeah. Wait, Augie. So you guys all take the same play? That's a little selfish, <laughs> isn't it? Really selfish. <laughs> you and Julie have been on a plane together while you've had children. God, oh, you're right. Man, I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but it just sounds a little well, irresponsible. A I would kind of like to not podcast. not travel with her because uh, I'm always on the list to get upgraded. And she's oh. not. And it's happened before where I get the upgrade and I go, oh, no, I'll just sit in the back <laughs> with my wife. Give oh, it to somebody man. else. Oh, that's going to be tough. And I tried to offer it to her. She only took it once. She took it one time. You, oh, you can give it to someone else? Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, they offer it to you. You can just give it to somebody else. Oh, I guess you could always, then when you're on the plane, just go switch seats, even if you don't tell them officially that that's happening, right? Yeah. Just give them your. Once someone has the ticket, I think name? they tried that in mm. Bridesmaids and it didn't work out. So, is well. that what the plot of that was? Yeah. By the way, I don't think you've been. Have uh, you ever seen a movie? They're I great. Saw it 10 it's years like ago. it's like two hours of your life. Just you're somewhere else. It's just great. Transport it to another time and place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, have you been on since you had a second child? I forgot when the last time you were on the show was. Yeah, I was on uh, when Dottie was a baby. I think. Oh, okay, I was going to congratulate you, but it's so many. It's so two is so many. I mean, one is a lot. Yeah. Two is like. Well, I'll tell you the difference between one and zero is the biggest difference. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, because yeah. yeah, you can't compete with that difference. What, yeah, I will give you that. That one <laughs> was way more than zero, and two is kind of more than one, but not yeah. as much as one was more than zero. Yeah. Do you find that the parenting is made easier by being out of that? I know we're in the middle of a, a rare, like two week long LA rainstorm right now but mm-hmm. uh, in general That's not right. not being in in the portland gloom is that helping him yeah, yeah well being able to get him out of the house and take him somewhere because you get to because uh both of them are under school age so it's two kids all day long that yeah. you can't they don't go anywhere we don't got family in town or anything i'm not gonna call you fucking assholes to come over and hey henry you want to come watch my kids yeah, yeah no <laughs> no i would give you an excuse but no <laughs> so I, we're just stuck with them we're just stuck with them yeah. all the time and so uh yeah the, the weather you can just open up the door and uh let them go free that's great and that's nice no seasonal can't do that everywhere no seasonal affective disorder no can see, no. can you see that I'm segmenting? I mean, I'm sad anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad anyway most Just of the time. Life. But not because of the yeah. weather. Yeah. Well, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Can, yeah. can you imagine all the depressed motherfuckers in L.A. if we did have bad weather? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Depressed. Everybody I know is on medication. Yeah. Well, do you guys ever like just sort of look around and just go holy shit it's a nice day here every single day yeah. like it's gotta be something that you just cause I still do it and I, I we moved here when I was like 13 from New York but I still relish in it I'm just yeah. like I can go for a jog right now yeah. this is amazing you, you wake up you put on shorts and a t-shirt and you walk out the door yeah. it's the easiest thing in the world it is. and the sunsets in this town this is what nobody talks about LA are gorgeous the Upside skies the... here at night are absolutely gorgeous upside yep. of the smog yeah. Right. Well, the smog uh, makes it prettier, actually. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All hail smog. Um, I was leading into a story about seasonal depression, but I was going to ask, I'm kind of excited about this two weeks we have coming up of rain because I get more done because I feel guilt when it's sunny out, but I have to stay in and do yeah. things. Like I've tried to get over that in my time here, but I still have this 
Michigan's sort of like, oh, you got to take advantage of this day because when will this happen again? Like, oh, it's going to happen again tomorrow. I should stay in and get the work done that I have. You don't get any of that? You don't feel like guilty for not being outside when it's always nice out? No. Never? No. I feel guilty about a lot of things in life. That ain't it, though. I, I hear you though. No, if if it's a particularly nice day outside, I I feel like I should be out there enjoying it somehow. At least a walk, like at least right. a half hour yeah. walk. Well, uh, by the to... way, these headphones are outstanding. I think they they're great? really good. These Bose yeah. QC thirty five twos. I think we you don't have the noise canceling on right now because there isn't a lot of noise happening on here. But uh, on an airplane, oh. It's too. Much. I don't want to be brought into a world that much. I, I need to have some sort of awareness yeah, of what's like, going on around me. If you have me. a long flight, you just flip that switch and you are just checked <laughs> out, cranking your tunes. Uh, so I was segueing into a story about how scientists uh, have found a brain circuit that could explain seasonal depression. Okay. I don't know if you guys had any theories about where that came from, but uh, two recent studies suggest the culprit is a brain circuit that connects special light-sensing cells in the retina with brain areas that affect whether you're happy or sad. Uh, when these cells detect shorter days, they appear to use this pathway to send signals to the brain that can make a p- person feel glum or even depressed. And it's very likely that th- things like seasonal affective disorder involve this pathway, says James, says, I'm sorry, Jerome Sains, a professor of neuroscience at Brown University. He was part of a team that found evidence of this brain circuit in people. They presented their research in November at the Society for ne- Neuroscience, and uh, the work hasn't been published in a peer-reviewed journal yet, so uh, caveat to listeners who are... You know, want us to hold us to a higher standard than they should, uh, but the researchers plan to submit it. Um, so, yeah, these studies offer a strong argument that seasonal mood changes, which affect about one in five people, have a biological cause. So, you have a cir- circuit in your eye that's influencing your brain to affect mood. This finding is a result of the decades-long effort to understand the elusive link between light and mood, and this is the last piece of the puzzle. They say so. You guys know what we have rods and cones in the back of our eyes, right? Okay. Yeah. You guys have heard of those those things that are more responsible for um, color or versus like low low light. Anyhow, uh, so yeah. Back in the early two thousands, most scientists thought when light struck the retina, only those two kinds of cells responded, the rods and cones. Um, but these other scientists working on this um, thought there were other light sensitive cells that hadn't been identified. People used to laugh at us when we said there are other photoreceptors distinct from rods and cones in the retina. Uh, The skeptics stopped laughing when the team discovered a third kind of photoreceptor that contained a light-sensitive substance called melanopsin, which I believe we've talked about in the podcast That'll wipe that smile off their (laughs) face. We're laughing so much then. (laughs) Damn it. When the photoreceptors came out. So this substance, melanopsin, is not found in rods and cones. Um, The full name of these, these cells, if you're interested, is... Intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells, or IPRGCs. Those receptors responded to light, but weren't part of the visual system. Instead, their most obvious function was keeping the brain's internal clock in sync with changes in daylight. And many scientists assumed that this circadian function also explains seasonal depression. People thought the only reason you get mood problems is because your clock is misaligned. Other potential explanations included speculation that reduced sunlight was triggering depression by changing levels of serotonin. That's what I would have thought. um, Which uh, affects mood or melatonin, which plays a role in sleep patterns and mood. But the evidence for either of these possibilities has been weak, which I didn't know until now. Uh, They thought these scientists thought there was a better reason. And after years of searching, they found one Um, in September. Hattar, who I hadn't mentioned before, Samer Hattar from um, National Institute of Mental Health, NIM of Rats of NIM fame. Um, in September, he published a study about mice suggesting a direct pathway between that third kind of photoreceptor in the retina and brain areas that affect mood. 
So when those cells were present, an artificially shortened cycle of light and dark caused a version of depression in a mouse. I don't know how you track that. But uh, when the team removed the cells with gene editing tools, the mouse didn't become depressed. But that was artificial light. That wasn't natural light. Well, I don't think it matters about the um, so no, artificially shortened cycle of light and dark, as in they didn't let these okay, mice so have like, a regular like, cycle of... So uh, they're like closing a window. Yeah, probably a, putting a some kind of hood down okay. over the cage or something. Um, Sains knew about the research in part because he and Burson are neuroscientists at Brown, and he was so intrigued by the discovery of the new pathway between retina and brain and mice he decided to see if something similar was going on in humans' brain, human brains. So he put young adults in an MRI and measured their brain activity as they were exposed to different levels of light, which allowed the team to identify brain areas that Can seems- you imagine that torture? <laughs> You're in one of those MRI machines and they're just... <laughs> oh, it's like geez. bright and then it's dark. Oh, God. Oh, damn it. Man. That would be awful. So they identified brain areas... Just to areas pay your student seemed- loans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> So I gotta do something. That lady keeps beating me with a, I, I got the job with a lady beating yeah. me with baguettes all yeah, day. Exactly. So I gotta change to this. Um, so yeah, they looked for uh, the brain areas that seemed to be receiving signals from those photoreceptors that they discovered. And uh, two of these were in the front of the brain, which they said is interesting because these areas seem to be the areas that have been shown in many studies to be involved in depression and other affective disorders. The areas also appeared to be part of the same circuit found in mice. The finding, as I said before, needs to be confirmed, but they're pretty confident this circuit explains the link between light exposure and mood. So this just uh, raises the question, why would evolution produce a brain that works this way? <laughs> so you got to ask about most things with uh, the modern anxiety-riddled brain. Um, you'll understand why you, why you would need light to see. They said, but why do you need light to make you happy? So they hope to find this out. In the Could meantime... That evolution's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, right? still working on it. Well, it's not like everything in any living organism is because the organism is alive. Obviously, the best tuned thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it could be a flaw. But why even have this third kind of receptor that's, that can only fuck you up, basically? Yeah, yeah. Because they take it out of the mice and then suddenly they, they didn't get affected by this. So yeah, Those things are so complicated. I mean, uh, like, also, how much of it could be correlation, you know, with something completely different? Like, for example, however your lifestyle changes when it gets dark early and it right. you know it's like yeah. you do different things based on that and it could, those I could be think, the things and, making and you different depressed. types mice, of people live in yeah, different yeah the mice areas. probably weren't but <laughs> didn't we always hear that like in places like Alaska that more uh, depression happens during the dark times well, well that's that, that lines up with what this is saying even if mm-hmm. it isn't because of a secondary thing like your activities change which make you sadder this could be purely those those photoreceptors mm-hmm. that are not about you actually seeing anything but just this link between your eye and your brain to signal like these rhythms light, yeah it's just saying you should be sadder now because this is a different schedule of light than you should be getting or something yeah. And this was sent in by Emily S. Thank you, Emily, for I like doing that, that stuff. Thanks, This Emily. is what I, well, what I always heard was that the Northwest had uh, higher suicide rates. Yeah, they've always it was, said they, that. I've always heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. Doug Benson, who like says, uh, Seattle, true. if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes and then shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> 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 but then again, I haven't looked up to see if those stats are true, because they also used to say that at my college, that it was a... Like known for suicides and I think it's just because there were high bridges over these gorges so they were dramatic suicides when they happened uh, but the rate was the same right but it just got this reputation that everyone just loves the story and also oh, dentists yeah. are supposed to kill themselves more than most people I've heard that also and haven't googled it so I don't want to like further this uh, I've heard that too 
urban legend. What's okay? This is. I always go searchable. in really self conscious, you know, when I go to the dentist. I'm like, I hope my breath doesn't make this guy want to kill himself. You just never ask a dentist <laughs> about his life. Like, what have you been up to? Yeah. Oh man, things not so good. <laughs> At the end of a cleaning, I always just slip him a twenty and go, "It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard." <laughs> My, don't this, quit. Don't this quit. One of the reasons why comics have a difficulty because we all, you know, are so used to just making jokes about things that are dark. And I went to my dentist. Uh, the first time I had this particular dentist, he made a joke about torturing me or something like that. And, and it, it was kind of a dark joke, like about torture or whatever. And, and I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty edgy. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, and then later he said, do you have any diseases I need to know about? And this this was probably 20 years ago, and I made probably the lowest hanging fruit joke I could have made. I was like, um, I have AIDS. And, uh, you know, stupid, awful joke. And he just stops in his tracks, and he's like, do you really? And I was like, no, I was just joking. God. And then he's oh, like, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, in, in our business, we don't really make those kind of jokes. Like, <laughs> Well, you made a joke about torture. I don't know. Maybe AIDS is in there somewhere. I mean, it was just one of those things where as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you knew that you did the wrong thing. Uh, yeah. when you, and then you have to explain it. He brings in somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I got to get our guy from HR. Yeah, it's, come, no, oh, it's, like, Jesus. it's a dumb yeah, thing. I'm just used to on. having beers with other comic people and we're all making uh, yeah. jokes but all the time. You get to tell me where the line yeah. is? The yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have AIDS. I didn't say you had AIDS. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, <laughs> would HPV would have been better? I don't know. <laughs> it's only funny with a high stakes disease. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. No, it's, it's right. It just ruins the whole joke. Yeah. Uh, so I just quickly looked this up, and I think the dentist thing might not be true. There's a whole Vice article that's pretty long that's investigating it, but they said that the most recent report from the CDC on professions with the highest suicide rates uh, came out in 2012 and stated that it's actually farmers, fishermen, and forestry workers who are at the highest risk of taking their own lives. Dentists what? are way down the what? list at number 12. Farmers? What? Uh, this is according to a CDC report from six to seven years ago. And it, Well, it's any F professions. And they were lumped in with physicians and other health health professionals. Yeah, physicians, so F, F, farmers, <laughs> farmer, fishermen, phonetically, physician, forestry workers, phonetic Fs. Um, so yeah, that maybe we can all stop spreading that rumor. It seems like uh, I would imagine that the number one profession for suicide is unemployed. That's probably yeah. that's, that's probably Self, up in the charts. Yeah, my boss killed yeah. me. Or the unemployment <laughs> agency. Um, yeah, have you guys noticed this? When um, in the last couple of years, I've noticed that when I Google things to get the answers, the only things that come up, and I guess this is because this is what every journalist is trying to come up with, it's always the contrarian one. It's it's always the uh, I'll bet you thought that this, but it's actually this. It like I, if you out. look up, like you know, if uh, you know, is is wheat bread better than white bread? Which I think we all pretty much agree. That, Generally speaking, yes, yeah. but it'll be like maybe white bread is better than wheat bread. It's like no, I'm not looking for that take. I'm looking for what the, the science says, you know. But I see uh, like the first twenty of them is all what you knew the whole time is not the real thing, and it's like that's all anybody wants in an right. article. Right. I mean, the other day I just googled is Ned Beatty and Warren Beatty related? And, uh, you know, <laughs> is they related? Is they related? <laughs> and the internet has to be like, no, I love doing, what they joke yeah. about it. I uh, I love those uh, 
intentional grammatical mistakes like if you're if you're writing at twitter like in in the voice of somebody <laughs> like i did it recently if people want to check it out on my twitter i did a fake um q and a cuz i i went to the town of jerome arizona recently which right. is an old mining town that's like built in a cliff and it, we were in the area and it was like a very touristy experience and it was great and i went to the website and the faq section on the website has all these things that are just sort of like, are you able to drink in public? Um, you can. Uh, no, no. Generally, uh, you know, you have to keep it in the bars or whatever. But it's like, did somebody really ask that frequently asked questions? So I made my own frequently asked questions thing, and people can see it on my Twitter. But uh, but I, my favorite one is when I, I did something like, uh, does milkshakes come out as number one or number two? <laughs> But like, <laughs> but like the, the grammatical incorrectness is just like, it's just like a sprinkling of like icing on that's, the cake. That's perfect. <laughs> that's like, I think it's Adam Buxton past guest of the show who did a, a long um, stage bit where he has a projector and has a bunch of screen grabs of the ways people have misspelled the word pregnant in like online oh, forums. Great. How do you know if you're, if you are pergant? It's <laughs> like 20 different ways. And he says them all out loud and it just gets funny. That's and great. You can't, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is me pregnant? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, do you guys have time for one more story? Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. This is a visual one also. So I'm, I'm going to right. really stress that it's worth, Going over to probablyscience.com and, and try to describe it though. You, to, you know, oh, I will believe me. Paint a, I, paint a picture with your words. Oh, this Andy. is this paint is a picture very, with your words. I'm going to read their words, which they paint the picture just fine. Okay. Um, I forgot if a listener sent this. It's just accompanied by the words "holy shit" in the place where I track stories. Okay. I might have just put it in there and put the words "holy shit" next to it. Hmm. Um, a man coughed up a 15 centimeter wide blood clot in the shape of his right bronchial tree. Oh, I think I remember seeing this. It's a horrifying Cronenbergian image. It's terrible. That looks fake. It looks like a movie prop, but this guy coughed this up. Yeah, I. What? I know. What? I know. Fifteen centimeters. And what's the explanation what is it made of? for it? It's, it's blood. Made of blood. Yeah. Uh, the story, by the way, if listeners, uh, trigger warning. And it or came out dried. Warning, like, it came out just dried blood. The story like doesn't have a good ending. Um, a man stunned doctors by coughing up a 15-centimeter-wide blood clot from his lungs in the near-perfect shape of his right bronchial tree. The mysterious cherry red, and it's very, very red, uh, cast resembled a piece of coral, and the image of it went viral after appearing in the New England Journal of Medicine. It came from a 36-year-old man with end-stage heart failure who spat out the medical anomaly in one piece during an extreme bout of coughing in hospital. This is an Australian article, hence the in-hospital. In-hospital. Uh, in the doctors treating the patient were astonished after they unfurled the clot to find it had retained the shape of the lung pathway from which it came. It's really a crazy... It's one of the craziest... So it must out, have been... Said, uh, That's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> this is a blood clot. <laughs> so uh, wait, does that mean it was probably so coagulated or something? It that was... It came out, uh, like, by definition, coagulated. It was a clot. Yeah. Yeah, so the so image, it came out as a solid... It is what you saw. It's it's. Um, so they said that the patient who had a history of heart problems had been placed on oxygen and given blood thinners to help circulate blood and prevent clogging, but blood eventually broke into his lungs, and after days of coughing up smaller clots, the patient hawked up the famous one. Doctors speculated that the clot stayed intact due to a higher-than-usual concentration of a particular protein comp component of blood plasma caused by the man's infection, which could have made the blood in his airways unusually rubbery, because it looks very rubbery. 
Um, and uh, they said it's possible the man was able to cough it up because of its size or because of its size rather than despite it. Hmm. And um, here's the part I was omit- thinking about just omitting from the story, but uh, yeah, so he died. No he died a week us. later. Ah, yeah. dang it. Which I don't think you can survive coughing up the most horrific thing the world's ever seen. So, but I mean, he was 36. He had a nice life, oh, you know. I don't think he, he lived did. in Australia, so <laughs> yeah. it couldn't have been too bad. Oh no, no, this was University of California at San Francisco. Oh, okay. So the article that we were reporting is just an Australian one, but um, yeah, I still can't. I can stare at this for as long as this was in America. San Francisco. I can't believe that came out of someone's body <sighs> non-surgically. I mean, how how could you, fifteen centimeters? That's, and they're selling it now. That's <laughs> well. If you zoom in, Trump's off. face is on it. That's true. Oh <laughs> shit! About you know it. what? This is all fake. Isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I feel like I shouldn't have ended on that story. Let's try to find one that's happier. Let's go back to the pizza. Yeah, yeah but that guy was a dick. That's what they don't put in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. he was a total dick, and the world's better without him. That's oh, what I read somewhere. Man, yeah, that's. I gotta get. I gotta get us out of this funk. Okay, let's... I read this article. It said everybody that dies deserved it. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it made me feel a lot better. Yeah, about life. No, that's. I mean, great. it wasn't that well researched, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. They only gave a couple of examples, but. Uh, but I think it, it, it was a lot of anecdotal evidence. Okay. to be real honest. <laughs> this guy with you. knew one guy who died who didn't like, <laughs> and liked that that was gone. Um, what about a quickie about the um the Dracula ant whose jaws are possibly the fastest thing in the animal kingdom. Okay, the fastest thing in the animal... Because, like, hummingbirds, they flap their wings very, very fast, right. right? This is... Yeah, so if you're calling this the fastest animal on Earth, which the article in New York Times is saying in the title, it's, okay. like, on a, on a technicality, but it's still a pretty cool thing. Um, here's this Dracula ant, which has these two uh, oh, mandibles it pushes together. This is, is it a, that big, or is, is it smaller? This is is it very much small. smaller? It's zoomed in. This is at 1,000 frames per second, and you okay. still can't really see the motion of these mandibles snapping. Hmm. So this this is an animal that captures its prey by snap. Okay, it's located in the tropics of Africa, Australia, and Asia, and it spends most of its life burrowed into tree trunks or underground to the endless frustration of scientists who would like to study these Dracula ants. So imagine the surprise of the researchers who'd recently discovered that Dracula ants may be the fastest animals on Earth. Again, tons of asterisks after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could definitely beat it in a foot race, but one species, Maestrium camelae, has a pair of ingeniously designed mandibles that can snap at 200 miles per hour, according to a study published Wednesday in Royal Society Open Science, which is 5,000 times faster than you can blink your eye and a thousand times faster than you can snap your fingers. Wait a minute. That's hurting my brain. It can't be that much faster than the, I can blink my eye at 200 miles an hour. Actually, and there's no way snapping your fingers is a thousand times slower than 200 miles an hour. This article is bullshit. There's no way. Mean, that would mean snapping your fingers is 0.2 miles per hour. Yeah. No, no it's, it's, it's way faster than that. 10 or 20 way miles faster an hour, than that. Right? Yeah. And blinking your eyes is way faster than So that. you're challenging them. I am. I'm calling you out, Royal, Royal Society of Open Science, to measure the speed of me snapping my fingers. I think that finger is moves. Is this the same people that did the vaccine thing? It could be. It could be the problem. Um, so this is also three times faster than the mandibles of the trap jaw ant, which was the previous fastest moving insect on record. Um, Frederick Larrabee, an entomologist at the Smithsonian Natural History Museum, has been studying ants with powerful jaws at the University of Illinois, um, or had been in 2014, when his colleague, Andrew Suarez, was lucky enough to collect 
two colonies of Dracula ants in Borneo. Uh, once they brought the colonies back to Illinois, the researchers quickly realized their equipment wasn't powerful enough to study them. The ants were so fast, we couldn't slow their motion down with the cameras we had. That's when we knew we were onto something special. So they transported the ants to Duke University, where they could film them with a camera that captured up to a million frames per second. So here's a picture in this same New York so, Times article at 480,000 frames per second. You can st- now you can finally see the motion of these mandibles. But that's how it, that's how fast of a camera it took. So I, I'm uh, here's my thing every time I hear these stories is who paid for that? Like this guy went to Borneo and it's, had it's, to go deep into the jungle to find these Dracula ants. He dug them out of a tree. He gets back on a plane. He's got to. He's got to have a crew. Whatever. Yeah. So is it finding out more about the world around? No. But but uh, is it a private company or is it government? Yeah. I mean, does it matter? I'm sure it's not all private funding. But I took your question as like legitimately. You're just wondering where that. Well, how much does it cost for one thing? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this in the podcast before. I mean, is this why why tuition so expensive? (laughs) So some asshole can go find ants in Borneo. It may in part be, but I I would argue with the asshole part (laughs) when they're not when they're not paying three thousand dollars for a comedian to work in an empty room (laughs) at noon. <laughs> yeah, is the money still there for college gigs? Are they still good? It, it, they still pay way more than they should. Yeah. Well, I think you do have to make a presentation before you do one of these things, and you have to make a, a case. You, no, you have to convince like uh, <laughs> somebody yeah. like to give you the money NACA. for it. You know, <laughs> the same way Columbus had to convince the benefactors. Right. Yeah, you know, Queen it's Isabella. like you. Ha- this person had to make a case. And say that this was going to be important for well, whatever I reason. I don't know if he knew he was going to find the fastest oh, okay. on Earth. He was probably just an entomologist working in Borneo. Who yeah, yeah. This thing. Um, so yeah, these trap jaw ants. I'm sorry. Unlike trap jaw ants, whose jaws snap closed from an open position, this Dracula ant uses those mandibles like a pair of snapping fingers. And after it presses them together, spring loading them with potential energy. One slides past the other, and the immense force generated by that pent-up energy can be used to stun or Do kill. Do they prey. operate independently, or they're one? They're one unit. You didn't see the picture? Yeah, it, I saw it, like but his... I mean, it looked like a right and a left hand. Like, yeah, is but that what it is, or it's like they're well, moving... mandibles, like jaw things, and it's like snapping your finger. And if there's a if there's an animal right next to it, that quick movement stuns or kills the animal because uh-huh. it's so fast. So it takes just point zero 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 one five seconds for the appendages to accelerate from zero to 200 miles per hour. But I want it now. I know. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, technically fastest animal on Earth, but with a huge... Uh, yeah, fastest jaw. Huge condition. Right, right, right. So, I don't know. Does it make cool. a noise? Um, like a snapping finger? I would guess it does, but a very faint one. Probably pretty, sure. pretty small. I think, how could it not, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is also one that lends itself to seeing the images because the first video shows... Uh, 1,000 frames per second, you still can't really see the motion. It's so fast. And then the 480,000... With the 1,000 frames per second, can't you... <laughs> can't you play it slowly? Yeah. Well, but if that it, part if it's doesn't just make not, sense to me either. It's just not there. And I, it seems like, like it has between, to be Oh, I see. They weren't able to capture it. Well, no, it's just like... It, it's it, so fast it's that so fast it's between, between the frames. frames. I understand. But I yeah. can see a car driving 200 miles an hour. You, that happens in NASCAR and you can see every this weekend. Video. It's yeah. just not... Like and they don't get to sh- of- slow down the <laughs> camera to one one-thousandth of whatever. They just put a camera in a car. But there's a lot. It. There's a ton of stuff happening in between those two frames, though. 
And if you zoomed in as closely on a racetrack as you did on this ant, that car would come and go between frames and you wouldn't see it in that video where you're zoomed in to like be a big jump millimeter level on the track. Are you talking about if we shrunk down these cars? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Is this the Rebel B again? Is Rebel B back? Rebel B. Can I talk to (laughs) Rebel B B in there? Come on, Rebel B. The half will rise again. What's your 20, good buddy? I feel like we're either Confederate soldiers (laughs) or (laughs) Are we truckers? Rebel B, coming at you. Rebel B, I got a beer full of, uh, I got a truck full of beer headed to Texarkana. <laughs> I got Smokey on my tail. <laughs> Not sure I know what these words mean. Is Texarkana a real place? That is a real place. It's a real city? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a city. It's Isn't an it area, a, it's right? It's the area of Texas and Arkansas. Oh, and uh, Louisiana, states, right? Don't don't those states not touch? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I would think. Does Arkansas touch Texas? Yeah. Oh, it does. Well, if you talk to Texas, it'll tell you. <laughs> well, wait a second. Now don't I'm questioning are, myself. I always around. assumed it don't did. Don't touch Texas. Yeah, it's right above it. Right? Uh, oh right no, it barely it. touches the northeast corner of it. What? But but Louisiana's right there on the Oklahoma, east. Is that Oklahoma? Oklahoma right? Louisiana have a ton of uh, shared uh, okay. space with Texas. Well, then maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So if you go a straight shot from Dallas, but to, isn't it like the northeast corner? Yeah, just, yeah. Texas, it's just the corner. It's like. Oh, yeah, and the city on the border is Texarkana. But it would make sense, yeah. So wait, oh, there is a thirsty, city called Texarkana. They're thirsty in Atlanta, and there's right. beer in Texarkana? Uh-huh. Or is that the opposite? I Did you just write that? Because that's awesome. It's eastbound and down from Smoking the Bandit. Doon, doon, doon. They're thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana, and we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. You know the song. Eastbound east and down, down loaded up and trucking. We're, We're going to do, do what they, they say can't, can't be done. done. Yeah. And then when does it go... We're gonna have a convoy. And we're getting our way. Is that from like a Clint Eastwood thing? No, there was uh, actually Chris Christopherson. Uh, the night that they announced uh, who shot Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, as a little kid, uh, and instead of watching that, I watched the TV mo- or the movie Convoy, mm-hmm. starring uh, Chris Christopherson, because I forgot it was on that night. I think that's when they used to make uh, movies out of hit songs. Yeah, like The Gambler. <laughs> yeah. They made uh, you light up my life. They made yeah. into a movie. Uh, the coward of the county. A lot of Kenny yeah. Rogers, but I think the convoy. Coward was just of the a, county. How great is that song? Oh, it's so good. The same guy. Uh, I think the same guy who wrote that. Wrote the gambler. Maybe not. Wrote do they still Lu- do that Lucille. in country music where they tell a story like that? I sure uh, hope so. Well, there's, there's a great podcast. Not to promote the competition, but it's uh, the Malcolm Gladwell uh, does. Um, does an interview with the guy who wrote The Gambler, and I can't remember the guy's name, but you can look it up. But uh, I think it's like episode four. I don't know. Somewhere there's a good podcast somewhere. What's, is there, Check is it there out. A, like a Malcolm Gladwell-style twist? Like, oh, it turns um, out you didn't know. No, he's got it. I've only listened to this one episode of his show, it but it's just a straight-ahead interview show. There was, there it's wasn't not any. the one. It's not Revisionist History. Is that the one he had? Yeah, that's what it is. is. Yeah. But he didn't that. seem to have an angle. But because uh, we but, yeah, were all guy, taught this one thing about the song "The Gambler," but the actual truth, is, "The Gambler" was great. what a great song that was. Great, man. and the TV movies were really good. They made like four of them. And you know, we're all just trying to get the image of the Why blood was, clot out of our oh, heads. Oh God, I really I fucked up the podcast. <laughs> and now it keeps coming back on a warm summer's evening. But I the best Kenny Rogers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did. There's a great. There's a great bit that. Uh, Chris Harbick used to do a bit about that song. Give you some advice. <laughs> it's how it's this the, the most basic, useless gambling advice. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. So that's like having a song called The Hunter. 
you got to shoot all the animals. Don't shoot rocks or people. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. That is good. To be fair, though, as a poker player, I... I I, I I think it's a very funny bit, but I take a little bit of issue with it because the song is, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's other things in there, you know, every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. And, yeah. You know, and also I, I think the what the guy says in the interview is that it's it's all a metaphor for life. I mean, I think we could yeah. all figure yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, we could figure <laughs> that out. I've always thought that life was a metaphor for cards. Mm, right. Could right. be, huh? It, you you should never count your money while you're sitting at the table. It's, you know that's nice. a big one. And uh, as a poker player, it looks really weird when somebody does that. Mm-hmm. When you're somebody sitting there counting, it's just a. It, it shows that you're concerned about your money, which we all are. But it, it it's a tell. Yeah, and you're not, yeah. and you and it shows that you're not paying enough attention. It shows you that know. you're going to be playing tight. Yeah. I mean, this is this is only for poker. This is not advice for blackjack. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. No, yeah, because Look blackjack is just want. a standard thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no I, art. There's no art to blackjack. There's a little bit of an art to. Do you guys play craps ever? Yeah, yeah, craps. Is yeah, we one, were going right? to talk about craps. Uh, I, w- I was going to bring up craps earlier because something uh, made me think about it. But oh, oh, with those counterintuitive math type things like the, yeah. the pizza in it, whatever. That's what craps is all just based on. You know, it's you like a, you think sevens happen way more often than they do, but you know, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's the most common outcome, but still, it's only a one in six chance it'll be a seven. Yeah, and then the hard ways, there's only one combination one out of the thirty six that it could possibly come it's up. Horrible. So they just yeah, the hard way bets are horrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. no. The only uh, good bet I've heard in in the house, unless you're counting cards in uh, in blackjack, is is the money behind the pass line bet that true odds yeah yeah the more you the more money. you can pump that up yeah right. that that gets pretty good you know so if I but play, then it's boring you know? well no but then you can do i mean if you have the money to spare if i'm ever doing it i want to play somewhere that lets you do as many times odds behind the pass yeah line, five times oh yeah they'll do that 10 times odds or whatever yeah. i don't know if i've seen that much but and then every five new times roll, odds for sure every single roll a new come bet to establish a new point so you're also hedging against the inevitable seven that comes because that new comeback yeah. will win the set will win even money yeah it's like having your own new pass line bet every single roll and then pretty soon you have like money on all those numbers and you put odds on all those so you have to be able to be okay with having like, but but the one thing the that casino table. will always have on you is that you have to leave at some point and they don't yeah. <laughs> and again, this is only... they get to they get to take they advantage just, of the statistics once you're out of your 500 guys. bucks you're yeah. done yeah. well that's why they have maximum bets right because you yeah. can't just keep, keep doubling, doubling it until it yeah. gets you know and this is only getting you closer and closer to 50 percent like it's yeah yeah better than 50 percent so. yeah no um best thing is just to buy stock in the casino company <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's uh, a really good point. Are those publicly traded? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, how do we get into that? But I, um, I'll never forget. I mean, I have so many great memories of that. I, I wouldn't trade in any of the money for any of the money that I lost. I wouldn't trade in the fun times that I've had playing craps. I mean, it, it's an amazing experience. Oh, and the whole table is oh, just yeah. like the energy comes together, and you're all <laughs> rooting for the same thing. Yeah, and just the yeah. stories. I remember. Uh, I remember one time. I was playing, and I I felt like it was just sort of time to start. I, I was on a, on a roll. I had a bunch of money in front of me. I felt like it was time to start pulling back, and I just went ahead and put like I don't know, whatever, just one unit of whatever I was playing. Like maybe it was five dollars or something. And I put it on you know the pass line or whatever. And then some guy came over, and he looked like Bill Gates, and he had like this, 
you know, kind of like the the stereotypical like um, Vegas floozy <laughs> like girl with him or whatever, you know, big breasts and all that stuff. And then, um, but he came came up and he was like, "All right, all right, uh, hold on. Have you ever played craps?" And he, like he says to her, "Watch this." And he takes a thousand dollars. And he stops the whole flow of the thing. And he's like, I want uh, $100 uh, across, you know, um, you know, like four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. <laughs> I want to have, uh, you know, I want to get all the hard ways for 50 bucks each one. But like, he just yeah. takes like 10 minutes putting all these complicated <laughs> bets on there. And then it was like... He's got a thousand dollars, and everybody just knew it. And then I was the guy, <laughs> the oh, guy no. rolling. No. Oh, no. I literally rolled. Seven out, <laughs> and then this guy's like, he he literally goes, "Oh fuck you, man!" <laughs> and I've got my measly five dollars out there. I was like, that just couldn't have worked out better. <laughs> How does this stuff always happen to you? It's amazing. Well, I guess those are just the stories that are worth repeating, yeah. right? Um, I just yeah. love seeing that that <laughs> giant rake. What do they call it? They yeah, yeah. Clear off all of his thousand dollars. Oh man, seven hours. So good. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I, that, that is yeah. fun when you're uh, you're in Vegas and you watch somebody lose way more than they should. Oh, you be know losing. they don't actually. Have and you that just money. you watch that face like, oh god. Oh man. God. I did once lose. I forgot if I talked about this, but I had a bad weekend. When I was 23, I think, I'd had a couple of good weekends and I was like, oh, I'm just better at blackjack than other people. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I'd actually figured out some system. I don't even know if I had, there was no system. I just had two good weekends. Yeah. And then my buddy and I had a three day trip planned. And in the two hours between his flight landing and my flight landing and his flight landing, I had already lost my entire seed money for the three yeah, days. Yeah. <laughs> like, the amount of money I'd set aside to lose, I'd lost it yeah. in those two hours. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? We're, <laughs> yeah. we're only here to gamble for That's three days. That's the worst. I, I once lost my uh, prostitute money. <laughs> I, I was in uh, Reno with buddies, and uh, we were going to get a cab out to uh, Mustang Ranch, right? That was going to be the thing. And we didn't know what it cost. We sort of assumed that it must be like three, 400 bucks. I don't know. And <laughs> so I went down and played cards. And <laughs> it was one of these things where Teddy KGB, you know, I had the hand and put it all in and I lost my hooker money. It was, it was the saddest life. I, like, ho- when I, I hope I saw, that was a fun uh, round. I saw the chips going away. It's like, no! <laughs> Is there some twist coming where like it turns out it was great because the road was yep. out to the Bronco. Nope. It would have died. Nope. Died. Sat in the room while everybody went and had oh, hookers. Oh, man. <laughs> Where's your hooker money? <laughs> Is this problematic? I lost my hooker money. And then the, the guy who was working for the casino shows up and gets your hooker. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Like the money directly goes into his pocket somehow. Still has your name on it. Why do you have name on your money? It's not illegal. You can do it. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, no. Vic, this is classic. Love yeah. Vegas. I, after I lost my seed money, that wasn't the worst <laughs> part. So then I was like, well, I got to win it back. And then in the space of one hour, I went to the ATM twice to get two different $1,000 cash advances against my credit card. Oh, man. And then I was playing at the $100 no. contract table. What so you, like, no. I'm going to get it back. And then I lost a thousand. Went back and get another thousand. My hands are shaking. Holy shit! I lost thirty three hundred dollars the first night, and then I just went straight to the airport and just paid extra to fly home. Yeah. Right then. No, I've had. Oh, God, those. what an awful trip. Twenty three years old. I didn't have the money. It was against the credit card. It was. Oh the yeah. Dumbest. The dumbest. Oh, I remember going to the. I remember waiting for midnight so that the ATM uh, would turn over. Right, so I could right. Get yeah, more so you money. another three hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many yeah. signs. So dumb. And you know what? I never. I, I had it really bad, and I would win, and I would lose. I. I really had the gambling itch, and I and this is uh, 
to give some hope to people out there that might be struggling, it literally just went away. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't go to any you know uh, Gamblers Anonymous. It just completely went away. I just I I, could, I feel completely the same way, Henry. I yeah. uh, I had it so bad. Uh, I one time I was working in Winnemucca, and uh, it was when I was a young road comic. And I literally lost all the money I had in the world. Like, it literally, <laughs> like, reset, all, reset. all, like, and to the point of where I had, like, 15 bucks left and I tipped her. I tipped her the 15 bucks. Oh, yeah, because what are you going like, to do with that? I was so far in a hole at that point. I was just, like, my head yeah. was just spinning and I didn't know what else. Oh. And uh, so then, you know, I, I always played cards a little bit. And mm. sometimes I'd lose more than I should lose. But then the kids came and I said, well, I can't play poker anymore. And I just haven't. It's yeah. Just, and it hasn't been a, it hasn't been a thing. Yeah. I remember I'd go to Hollywood Park down here, and uh, or any of them, the Bicycle Club, right? Commerce, the, yeah, all the card rooms, yeah. And I'd I'd stay till like eight in the morning, <laughs> and, and you'd look at the clock and just be like, eight, really, eight? And then you're in you rush hour in the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's out. There's like joggers and a guy with his newspaper stopped at the red light and coffee, and it's just like what? And you're just like trying to. Trying to keep your eyes awake and you lost $900. Yeah. The worst. Somehow we got to a sadder place than coffee. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather just take the the blood clot. I got to move my car in three minutes. Okay. We should probably call it. Do you guys have any uh, shows coming up you want the listeners Uh, to know about? I got a good road schedule. If you want to know about it, it's augiesmith.com. Gigs coming up in Tucson. And Cedar Rapids, and uh, I'll be in Long Island next month. That's nice. Exciting. You doing Penguins, Cedar Rapids? Yeah, Penguins, and Cedar great. Rapids. I love uh, Dubuque before that. Yeah, I just did that run. I loved it. I, I love that little club. I, I truly do. It's it's, it's great. a great, yeah, is, is right there, by the Mississippi River. Double meaning to Penguins, I don't know about it. Is it one of the rare clubs that doesn't have to have a, like a chuckle? Uh, name to it it's just yeah penguins. it's just a funny penguins it's are a funny, funny word they, funny they, they, animal. they waddle yeah. you know it's true they always look like they're wearing a tuxedo yeah. yeah I get it I get it yeah. I like it Henry do you have any shows um, well no I don't actually I have none but uh, I like to tell people to check out my Henry's Kitchen stuff I'm still doing yeah. those oh, masterclass I have, a, I have a Patreon for it yeah the Henry's Kitchen masterclass if you just put that in YouTube you'll see them it's just one of the best things on the yeah. internet oh, I, I laugh my ass off it's so good. I'm so Every glad that you like the master and it's class. So, it's so perfect for what you do. Like, it's just perfect <laughs> for, for you. Yeah. I thought it would change because I, you know, I've always had this thing where it's just the joke is that I'm just in this shitty bachelor apartment trying to teach people how to cook. And so I was given the opportunity to do a master class and through this company, Thrillist. And so the budget's much better and everything. And we've got like a nice, all these great, uh, you know, um, silverware or whatever you call it, knives, <laughs> cutlery. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, and I literally have no idea what I'm doing with any of it, but um, it's fun. I, I, I'm glad that you like them because uh, sometimes you go like, are these just for me? <laughs> yeah, I think we've turned a lot of listeners on to the original Henry's Kitchen. Oh, so good. if you guys like that, you got to check out the masterclass. <laughs> it's, it's the next level. Thanks, guys. So uh, we have... Um, Let's see, I'm trying to think if I have anything coming up besides our live show. Uh, we are doing a live show at Cafe du Nord in San Francisco on January 26th at 7.30 as part of SF Sketchfest. And we've got a couple of great guests lined up that will be a surprise. Um, so hopefully we'll see a bunch of San Francisco listeners out there. And uh, Matt is back next week 
And once he's here, we'll also thank everyone who has been donating on PayPal and on Patreon, which we greatly appreciate. And uh, yes, we have not actually put anything out yet on Patreon, but it is soon to come, I promise. Yeah. Matt and I have both been gone. This is like the producers. The entire he's collecting all this money. <laughs> <laughs> Skip town. Uh, yes, once we're both back in town, we'll have the chance to do more regular shows and uh, more regular bonus episodes. So thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Thanks for being here, guys. Heck yeah. Thanks, Thanks Andy. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye.